Welcome to another episode of Indiana Politics. I'm Deb Chubb, and we are super pleased to be here today with Representative Andre Carson from Indiana's 7th Congressional District, uh, which is all in Marion County. So, um, and I'm just thrilled that you're here because we are, you know, we're all getting the news about the American Rescue Plan, and we know there's a lot of money. Of course, everybody knows you're getting a, you know, everybody's getting a cash payment, but there's so much more. And I really hope that you can help us understand what kind of benefit we will get in Indiana. I think this is, you know, a super important bill, and um, and I'm really excited to talk about it. So I'm going to list off the the parts that I know of that uh, that are out there, um, and of course add to it if I'm missing something. So I know there's there's funding for public education, um, for housing support, uh, to expand access to health insurance subsidies through uh, policies that you would get on the exchange as well as extending coverage of COBRA premiums for people who've lost their job. Uh, extended unemployment benefits with the federal uh, supplement of the $300 a week. Um, an extension of the increased level of SNAP benefits and WIC benefits, uh, so providing health and food services uh, to uh, families with children. Uh, increased child tax credits, which I think are gonna be great. I think people are actually going to get like money, like it will come to them as a payment, uh, which is wonderful. Um, there's an extension on the payroll protection program loans for small businesses that can be forgiven if, uh, if the majority of the money is spent on payroll. Uh, in addition, there's other small business grants out there. Uh, and then, of course, funding for COVID-related health services and supplies, testing and vaccinations, et cetera. And then there's $350 billion for cities and states, U.S. territories, and tribal governments. So, so first, I want to ask you, you know, how do you feel about this bill? Do you feel like it is gonna do what we need uh, to get done to help Indiana recover from this devastation? Well, thank you, Deb, for having me on your show. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very thrilled uh, with this bill, with the uh, American Rescue Plan. Uh, it's one of the most consequential pieces of legislation to be signed into law over the past decade. Uh, Hoosiers need help. Help us here. We know that about, we, we already know about the $1,400 stimulus checks, which were desperately needed by so many. Uh, here in Indiana, uh, uh, 4.3 million American uh, uh, and Hoosier adults uh, and about 1.7 million children received checks, which is about 9% of all adults and 89% of children in the state. But the American Rescue Plan includes so many other critically important benefits as you've cited many of them. Um, I know we've all known someone who has lost their job uh, within the last year because of the pandemic. Uh, that's why th this bill is so important. It's gonna provide an extra $300 per week in unemployment benefits to those families to keep them afloat. Additionally, the American Rescues Plan is going to increase SNAP benefits by about 15%. This is huge. Uh, you know, throughout the last year, uh, food banks have seen an enormous increase in need. Families have struggled to keep food on their tables. Uh, and this will help ensure that people have enough to eat. Now, this plan also includes uh, an increase to the child tax credit up to about 1,600 per child. Uh, we're talking about lifting over 80,000 children out of poverty in Indiana alone. 
This plan is estimated to cut child poverty nearly in half. And unfortunately, as you know, because this is a space that you're in over the past year, many of us have known someone who lost their battle to COVID-19, whether it was a grandparent, a mother, a father, an uncle, an aunt, a sibling, a cousin, a loved one, a friend. Um, and that, those losses will be with us forever, unfortunately. So the American Rescue Plan has provided FEMA with funds to start a program that will provide financial assistance for COVID-19 related funeral expenses incurred after January the 20th of, of 2020. And we're still working out the details as, as these things happen, but this will help families across the country. And of course, Hoosiers being vaccinated is an important way to stop the spread of COVID-19. I was with my dad a few weeks ago so he could get his vaccination. Uh, the American Rescue Plan, it will provide about $20 billion for vaccine distribution. We're talking about a billion dollars that's gonna go to the CDC to launch a vaccine awareness and engagement campaign and about $7.5 billion to set up vaccination sites across the country. Here in Indiana, every Hoosier 16 or older is now eligible to receive a vaccine. Starting today throughout the month of April, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which is in my district, will be hosting a mass vaccination site, which is projected to administer 96,000 one-dose Johnson & Johnson vaccines. And I'm proud of the Biden administration's relentless efforts to get Americans vaccinated as soon as possible. Now, originally, President Biden set out to get uh, 100 million shots in his first 100 days, and we quickly surpassed that. So now we're on track depth to hit over 200 million shots in his first 100 days. So it's a good thing, and there's a lot to be excited about given the wreckage that we've seen over the past four years. Yes. So I would like to ask you specifically about a couple of the funding streams. Uh, one of them is the public education uh, funding. Mm -hmm. So um, I think uh, we are in line to get uh, almost $2 billion um, for education funding in Indiana. And um, as you know, we have struggled with our state legislature to um, address the needs in public education. We're losing teachers left and right. Uh, people aren't going to school to become teachers anymore in Indiana um, because it's clear the state legislature does not care about, um, you know, about paying teachers um, a respectable wage. And so, um, and of course they have this year are also proposing to move uh, some of the funding, more of the funding than ever away into private charter schools and vouchers and um, parent accounts. So um, my question is, what is going to happen to that two, almost $2 billion that's coming to Indiana for education um, services? And what, where will that go? Who gets to spend it? Well, we know certainly it's a great question. Teachers, children, and parents uh, have been through a lot the past year. Educators had to learn how to teach Zoom uh, uh, via uh, 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 different components and had to be creative through Zoom platforms and Zoom has been great and we have other platforms now, but uh, kids have been isolated uh, from their friends and parents have had to assist kids in virtual learning. It's been a learning experience for all of us. And I really wanna thank the teachers for going above and beyond to ensure our students receive a quality education despite the challenges. 
you know, while most Indiana schools have gone back to teaching in person, the American Rescues Plan is going to finally provide funding to ensure schools have the resources they need to ensure teachers are teaching and students are learning uh, in safe environments. More than $2 billion will be provided to K through 12 schools in Indiana. Local school districts know their needs better than the federal government and the American Rescue Plan will allow schools to address those needs directly. So superintendents, school boards, uh, they have the ability to, to, to really decide their building needs uh, and, their, and their infrastructure needs uh, in the way of new ventilation systems, smaller classrooms, or even greater teacher capacity for social distancing. You know, public schools in the 7th Congressional District here in Indy are estimated to receive about $400 million. And so we're excited about it. The question becomes, how do we ensure that those funds are distributed in, in a way that is equitable, in a way that is just, and in a way that meets the needs of all of our kids, regardless of race, creed, or color? That's awesome. So, um, well, I look forward to uh, working. I sit on a school board, so I look forward oh, to bless really working. You. Ooh, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it was an interesting election. Nobody, none of us were opposed. You're like, yeah, like who wants to be on a school board? So, you know, I ran, so I ran was, for school board in a special election and I lost. That was the first race I ever lost. And uh, oh. bless you, school board is a different Congress doesn't have anything on the school board. Let me tell you that. So bless you, Deb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's interesting. It, it definitely is interesting. But, you know, and I'm proud of our school corporation. I think we did a good job of addressing the needs of our parents. We were, we were you know, we were active and proactive and setting up learning centers so that, um, you know, moms who had to work could take mm -hmm. their child somewhere, even though school was closed and they could, you know, have in a small group, socially distanced, a place where there was an adult who could look out for them, give them meals, help them get on their online Zoom thing. So I was really proud of, of, of that in our school district that we didn't just, you know, you know, because the burden really fell, to, fell on women and, um, and the women who had to give up their jobs, you know, because they had kids at home, there was no childcare. Um, that was just really uh, intolerable. So we, I was really proud that we were able to accommodate them. Okay, enough about enough about us. Well, well no, no, that's a good point. If I may ask, have, have you regained an appreciation for the, the, the resiliency that can be found in, in not only women, but the, the, the human spirit, the Hoosier spirit, quite frankly, seeing uh, folks in the community come together to kind of navigate through this pandemic? Oh, yeah. And we've yeah. seen we've certainly seen it here. Um, teachers are just, oh, my gosh, I don't know how they do it. Yeah. Uh, they have done so much to find a way to... Uh, to reach out to their students, and it and and it's been so emotionally, um, mm. you know, terrible for teachers because they feel like they're not connecting. Um, they feel like they're losing touch with the students. You know, kids who just don't turn on the Zoom thing, um, mm -hmm. you know, or don't show up. And and it's I can tell. I talk to teachers all the time, and and that is their biggest concern. It causes them all kinds of you know distress. And that's it. And then. Parents, you know, moms who are home trying to teach kids become, yeah. you know, become their teachers is just really, um, it's incredible. I don't, I, I don't have young children anymore. I cannot imagine what it would be like. But um, many of the moms I've talked to have really figured it out. They, they're working through it. They're organized. You know, they're, they're getting it done. So, and like I said, I was really proud of our school district for, you know, really supporting those moms. That's amazing. So, in, a, in a really, you know, meaningful way. 
Okay, so um, I know we don't have much time. So I do wanna ask you about um, another set of funding uh, streams that will come to, uh, so 3 billion will come to the state and then um, the, the state and local governments, oh, at 2.6 billion goes to local governments and 3 billion to the state. So can you um, let me know, like, you know, what should we be looking for? Where's that gonna, money gonna go? And, you know, what can we do with it? Well, that's a good question. You know, uh, Indianapolis is in particular a, a, a hub for sporting events. We know this. Worldwide conventions, tourism, we're, we're, we're the amateur sports capital of the world. Currently, as everyone knows, we're hosting the men's division of the NCAA basketball tournament. And we're very proud of our city and state for hosting this event safely. Our hospitality industry has benefited greatly and, 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 and it warms my heart to see those businesses really benefiting uh, from uh, uh, more people coming into the city. But even though this, this, this tournament is great for our community, we still had almost a year of limited local revenue. Our, our city and state need relief to be able to provide programs that will help our community. The American Rescue Plan will provide about $3.2 billion in state fiscal relief and about $2.5 billion in local fiscal relief. Uh, an example of how some of this money is going to be used here in Indianapolis is on the reopening of the rental assistance program, which provides direct rental assistance to those facing evictions due to the pandemic. You know, in, 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 in past COVID-19 relief bills, the city was able to provide 33.8 billion, 8 million, pardon me, in rental assistance to nearly 16,000 households. But the need is still very extreme here, uh, not only in Indy, but across the state. The additional money from the American Rescue Plan will help keep you know, roofs over families' heads. Last summer, when we did the CARES Act, it pro we provided you know, free masks for Indy residents, we blocked off outdoor seating and parking for small businesses and, and, and a lot more. And businesses suffered, unfortunately, many of them, most of them, so the American Rescues Plan will do a lot more. Uh, it will provide the city of Indianapolis under the great leadership of, of my friend, Mayor Hogsett, uh, and the people of Indiana to direct assistance um, to the people that, that need it the most. And, and we're growing right now. Um, uh, our city and our city county council in Indy will be making those decisions as they work with the US Treasury for guidance on how the money can be spent and when the money will be allocated. So I'm looking forward to seeing the positive impacts of the American Rescue Plan and uh, its, its impacts uh, and the impact it will have on uh, those who are still hurting in Indy and across our state, quite frankly, uh, due to the pandemic. Yeah, housing is just, you know, it feels like an avalanche, you know, ready to blow. Um, mm. You know, the cost of housing just keeps going up. You know, there's a shortage of housing. Uh, you know, it, rental uh, units are so expensive. Um, you know, people who lost their homes in the last crisis in 2008, um, you know, are renting. And now rent, rent prices are just through the roof. So yeah, I, I, I so worry about that whole, all of that kind of coming down 
at, at one time. So this, and I'm sure that this, this bill has really, really softened the blow on all the housing issues that can come up. Absolutely. So, uh, and I was, and I wonder about, you know, localities. Um, I mean, if it, you know, if it's available for any capital investments, you know, uh, green infrastructure, for example, um, you know, outdoor, um, outdoor places, you know, because of COVID, you know, we've realized that people need, you know, want to be outdoors more and want to travel outdoors um, and, uh, you know, and move around. And so, you know, perhaps bike trails and walking trails and that sort of thing, um, that would be delightful. Um, and of course, um, you know, mass transit is still kind of a big question mark, isn't it? Great point. Great point. You know, I'm, I'm, what a terrific segue. I serve on the transportation committee and I'm excited. Uh, not only does a fellow Hoosier, Pete Buttigieg, yeah. serve as our secretary of transportation, but there are a lot of amazing things that are down the pipeline as the Biden administration is attempting to work with Congress and, you know, working on a massive infrastructure bill, which means jobs, jobs, jobs. But in this, we have to talk about reducing our carbon footprint. Congress hasn't raised the CAFE standards, the fuel efficiency standards in over a decade. Uh, the technology is available, as you know, for us to have uh, hydrogen powered vehicles, uh, electrical vehicles are taking over. General Motors just said in the next seven to 10 years, their entire fleet will be fully electric. Uh, the technology is there, but we're moving too slowly. It breaks my heart as you talk about uh, uh, the state and really you know, reducing our carbon footprint in Indiana that our General Assembly is still wrestling with these issues and trying to put handcuffs, if you will, on the city of Indianapolis and other municipalities as it relates to bu uh, bus rapid transit and light rail and those kinds of things. I mean, my hope is that we can think about the future and not be wedded to this mythical past that was never that great. Uh, so we have to get very serious and any legislator, whether statewide, federally or city, we have to get serious about transportation, reducing our carbon footprint and really think about what it means for those commuters who wish to get from A to B, whether they're Zennials, Zoomers or, or Boomers. Uh, I think we have to think about our future. Yeah. That's great. So, okay, I know we don't have much time, um, but I and I hope I can ask you one more question. Cool. I would like to hear your comments on the For the People Act. Uh, I am super excited about that bill that will, you know, address voter suppression, uh, uh, redistricting issues, mm -hmm. and uh, and ethics, and um, all that. And, you know, lots of great things could really solve a lot of problems in our elections. So, what do you think about that bill? Well, you know, I was extremely proud to vote in favor um, uh, of the For the People Act. Uh, like I said earlier, you know, and I've said before, our votes have power. Uh, the For the People Act, it, it, it seeks to strengthen our democracy and put power back into the hands of the people, not the powerful special interests. Uh, this reform would put an end to partisan gerrymandering and stop voter suppression efforts like the one that was signed into law in Georgia last week. And, you know, I believe our country is only as strong as our democracy, and it's time we pass some legislation to protect it. Um, I, I think far too many of my colleagues and, and myself included and others get enmeshed in campaigning that it makes it a more challenging balancing act. It's certainly an honor to serve, but having to raise money and, ha and having to deal with the expectations 
that come, uh, which is why boundaries are important, but the expectations that come naturally when people give you money, especially corporate entities. Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, just as an example, it was kind of sad to find that uh, some Republican uh, congressmen, uh, when uh, some of their bigger donors uh, decided to cut them off because they were unhappy with their, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, um, trying to overturn the election. And they said, well, okay, well, if you're not going to give me money, I'm not going to talk to you. And you're like, what? Wait, you know, I don't think you're supposed Absolutely. to do that. Absolutely. No, you're right. You're right. So, and we just really need to have it on paper, apparently. Yeah. You know, when, when I sat on the Financial Services Committee, which is certainly an important work, I was there during our economic crisis over a decade ago. And, you know, a lot of the Wall Street firms were very upset with me because they'd give me money, but I still vote against their interests. I took a Robin Hood approach, if you will. So, so you know, in fairness, just because you give someone money doesn't mean that they, they, they control uh, uh, you. But at the same time, um, I think it would make our jobs easy. You know, people talk about having publicly f uh, funded campaigns. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a brilliant idea. It becomes incredibly difficult if, if, if you're doing it for everyone. I mean, some municipalities, have adopted it and it's worked rather well, but uh, I don't think it's untenable for the taxpayers. And some have argued that it's even unfair for taxpayers to have to fund it, but this is a shared enterprise. It's a democracy. We're all a part of this democracy. We're all Democrats, small d, uh, supporting this democratic project. Uh, so we're gonna have to figure out ways in which we can have representation and, and trustees over taxpayer dollars and good stewards without the influence of uh, dirty money. Right, well, and if we're, you know, if all candidates are, you know, capped at the same amount, mm. then, you know, then it's a fair race. So, you know, um, if I was a taxpayer and I, well, I am a taxpayer, but if, you know, mm -hmm. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to fund, you know, Donald Trump's, you know, ginormous campaign. Mm -hmm. No, no, the, you know, I mean, the, I think the reform will keep everybody from just spending this much, which is great. That's what we need. We need everybody to spend lots. And with the advent of social media, I mean, there's so many ways you can get creative. But you know, I'm 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 sure that there are some entrepreneurs uh, <laughs> who would raise up the ante on on uh, how it's done. But still, I, I I mean, I hang with millennials, zennials, and zoomers every day, and they they always uh, uh, upgrade my knowledge base and, and and show me how to leverage social media in a different way. So I appreciate them for it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a learning curve, isn't it? Indeed. So, uh, so thank you so much. I know we don't have much time and I what so appreciate Thanks for uh, taking the time. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you for giving us your time. Um, I really love your input and I really um, am so grateful for your coming to help everybody here in Indiana understand what's going on. Well, it means so much and Deb, keep up the fantastic work and uh, what you do for our community uh, has not gone unnoticed. So thank you. Aren't you nice? All right. <laughs> All right. Take care. Take See you up. later. Bye-bye.